This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new episode of Mercado and Manning, the weekly Media Week podcast. I'm James Manning and welcome back, Andrew Mercado. Hi there, James. Some interesting um, Aussie content tonight, um, well, today on the, the new episode. Um, Mystery Road is back at um, back, and this is actually the third TV series. There's been two movies. Um, I've watched the first two episodes and straight off the top, I'll say, gee, it's pretty good and it's got to be a contender for one of the um, series of the year, I would have thought. Yeah, without a doubt. I watched the first two episodes back-to-back too and, wow, you know, this is a prequel. It's Mystery Road Origin. Um, So no more more Aaron Peterson. Uh, We go back to... Detective Jay Swan getting his badge, freshly minted as a detective. And this is an origin story as he returns to the mining town he grew up with uh, to deal with his dad, played by Kelton Pell. And uh, straight away we see uh, this girl in the town and she's played by Tuli Narkel. And, you know, the first time I saw her, I just went, that looks like the character Tasma Walton played in Mystery Road, which is... Aaron Peterson's, you know, ex-wife. And it's just the casting of this is so brilliant. You've got Mark Cole-Smith and Tuli Narkel, and you can see them turning into Aaron Peterson and Tasma Walton. And I just think they've nailed that casting so well. But I'm with you. I thought Mystery Road Origin, oh, the look of it is just so incredible. And, you know, James... I've had people criticise this show and say, oh, you know, that Jay Swan detective, he barely speaks. But, you know, that's one of the points of this show, that the, the, the dialogue in Mystery Road is sparse. There's a lot being said with looks and people looking at each other in the eyes and, and the sparseness of the dialogue I think is one of the calling cards of Mystery Road. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's a drama. It's it's not a documentary. This is um, a, a drama with um, which I, I'm I, I'm guessing builds into some pretty significant moments, uh, like the the previous seasons have done. Uh, you mentioned the cast. Yeah, Mark Cole Smith. What a great um, find he's been for a lead role, and I'm sure we'll see a lot of him in the future. Um, Tuli Narkel is wonderful too. You know I'm a Billions fan, so something with um, Tony Leonard Moore in it is uh, just brilliant as well. Or I think it's actually Toby, isn't it? They they call him Tony in the um, in the press release, but I'm pretty sure it's Toby. No, I um, think it's Toby too. Yeah, um, Steve Bisley is a is a wonderful um, a wonderful get to play the sort of senior police officer, and it's. Um, yeah. Just, just, just great stuff. You mentioned um, Kelton Powell as uh, Jack Swan, as um, J- Jay Swan's father. Wow, what a, what a great actor he is, and especially in those those first two episodes. And he's the sort of, he's the first person we see during that opening scene. It's um, and isn't he a wonderful character? Oh my god! And just the fact that the first two scenes of this, the first scene with Kelton Powell and Mark Cole Smith playing father and son. And then they stop at a, you know, an outback um, petrol station to go in to get some food and straight away you're just going, you know, then something bad goes down and you go, oh, 
you know, the tenseness is, is right there. Like it's just, it just delivers from the very first opening scene, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I was, I was lucky enough to speak to the, a couple of the executive producers um, this week, uh, Greer Simpson and uh, David Jowsey. And look, I asked them about that opening scene. I said, look, this is, I mean, it, which is a pretty much a trademark um, Bunya Productions um, thing, the, the scenes and the, especially the opening scenes. And, but they, it's not just the opening scene. There's, there's just, fantastic locations dropped in all the way through some sensational sunsets just so <laughs> that happens to be there as, as part of the action and they said that opening scene is on a salt lake about an hour outside yep. of Kalgoorlie um, wow which, which is incredible and I asked them about that that uh, gas station or that roadhouse and that was something they recreated because it looks like it was really there it doesn't yeah. look like a set you know but it's they said they recreated that and they gave some some credit to the um the team that was involved in that and it just looks fantastic i told them i said look i hope you've got some good photos of that cuz wouldn't that make a great poster on somebody's wall those 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 scenes from the opening shots of um mystery road origin and what about the talent behind the scenes james i think it's so incredible that they've passed the baton to a new generation. And because this is an origin story and a prequel, it's directed by Dylan River, who is the son of director Warwick Thornton. You and I loved here his previous series for SBS, Robbie Hood, so much. So now Dylan River is directing all six episodes of Mystery Road. And the director of photography is Tyson Perkins, who's the nephew of Rachel Perkins. So we're now seeing, you know, Indigenous dynasties uh, of talent in front of the camera, behind the camera. It's just so fantastic that we're now at the stage that uh, we're giving opportunities to extremely talented young people like this. Yeah, absolutely, and um, and the the I was talking about the if you like you can call it a franchise if you like Mystery Road because yes. there's there's such a body of work now and they they credited Ivan Sen who actually wrote the original story and who created uh, Jay Swan and yeah. wow what what an amazing talent he is you know I mean look at some of his work he was involved in the. Uh, the, the movies, Mystery Road, uh, 2013, Goldstone, the other movie, yeah. um, which are available. to All the Mystery Roads TV series are still on iView, and I think all six episodes of this will be up there on the weekend when it um, premieres. Uh, the movies Goldstone and Mystery Road are also up on um, streaming platforms for video you can watch. Um, and and he's just done some incredible work over the years, Um Ivan Sam. I think it's amazing that they acknowledge him because that first mystery road and the look he created and the feeling of that, what they have actually done with mystery road is created an entirely new genre that is original to Australia, which is an indigenous Western. And you know, yeah. that I think is a title that some overseas critics started giving, um, the, the show when it started traveling the world and, and my God, what an incredible, show to showcase Australian talent than Mystery Road, right? Yeah. And something else that I like, it doesn't fall back on violence. Is no. There's a lot of tension, you think, or oh, something bad's going to happen here. But they 
it doesn't follow through. There's a scene we think, okay, people are going to be shooting and there'll be, you know, yeah. physical violence, but it, it, they don't always go there, which I think is an easy out sometimes for people making programs. And, I mean, and, and a shout-out to Bill Maher, who's a um, American sort of talk show host. He does a weekly show for HBO, which you can watch on um, on Foxtel, and he's been cataloguing some of the, you know, after all these sort of shootings in the US, um, how filmmakers... There's just so much violence out there in all these movies. You know, there's all these mass killings in movies and that why don't people start making the links between that and what's happening in real life? Look at American free-to-air TV. American free-to-TV is wall-to-wall um, police dramas with guns and murder and violence and often women and children uh, being the victims. Yeah, they, they, they've created that culture. Uh, it's no surprise at all um, that the gun culture is so linked to Hollywood. And thankfully, we are not going down that same route. You're so right, James. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, look, this is pretty amazing. So we're talking about Bunya Productions and what they've, what they've achieved with Mystery Road. They've also got another series premiering in the next few days, True Colours on SBS. It's, um, it just shows you how prolific this, um, this small production company is. And during my discussion, I talked about, you know, that making movies versus making TV. And David Jowsey said, look, you know, we used to be just a movie-only company. When Greer Simpkin arrived, and she previously worked for Channel 4 in the UK, she worked for the ABC in drama in Australia, and he said she sort of turned them from a, a movie company into a television company, and um, this is another wow. example of the, the great work they're doing in on TV. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, what I – well, next week is NAIDOC week, James, which is why we have – you know, we've got two authentically cast Indigenous dramas, and I love it that they're not competing against each other. So Sunday night you can watch Mystery Road Origin on the ABC, and then from Monday to Thursday as a four-night drama event on both SBS and NITV, now we have this new crime drama called True Colours. It stars Rarawai Hick, who was so fantastic in Wentworth, uh, Luke Arnold's in it, Miranda Otto. She does a lot of work for SBS Drama. Thank you, Miranda. And, again, we have, you know, a almost a cast full of brand-new Indigenous acting talent, many of whom the press kit tells me are acting for the first time, but I would say probably not the last. True Colours is a crime drama like Mystery Road, but it's a very different crime drama because this one is really deeply embedded um, into the mystery seems to be developing around the fact that there's uh, some um, uh, Indigenous art and sacred sites and secret men's business and stuff that we don't normally see on TV. So this is a, a crime within... Uh, the, the community out there and that, you know, it's all around uh, this, uh, this, this type of thing. So I think that's going to make it really, really unique. I've watched the first two episodes of this and this is also excellent. It's so amazing to see two fantastic Australian dramas premiering in one week for NAIDOC week. Yeah, look, I'm with you. I've, I've seen the first episode and it's, uh, it's amazing. We, we meet another uh, detective character, Tony Elmer, 
And I'm just wondering yeah. if if she she might have a life beyond this series too. I would hope so, uh, and that could be developed as a, as another ongoing character. I would hope. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I think it's really really exciting. Yeah, it is. This is um. This doesn't have the ambition of Mystery Road yet. It's sort of a. It's a bit more of a. I don't know. It's um. It's, I don't know, I tend to think of domestic, but you get to see, as you, you alluded to before, you get to see a lot of things that part of Indigenous Australia that we don't really see on TV. And you, Correct. Looking, looking at this, you wonder why. Why, why aren't these things more embedded in the, um, the normal things we, we get to see? But it's, it's great um, going there and it's great, it's great seeing part of Australia, which is so, should be so important to us all. I would suggest uh, that probably True Colours doesn't have as high a budget of Mystery Road, you yep. know, and we don't want to compare them, but I think that would be the comparison. I would say Mystery Road uh, has a has a much greater scope because there's probably more, more money to get that look, whereas uh, True Colours is a bit more... Um, you know, it's not as ambitious as Mystery Road, I would suggest, because of budget concerns uh, with SBS and NT, uh, NITV dramas. Yeah. The, um, the, the, the sort of mystery, if you like, in um, True Colours is a start-off which, which looks like a, a, a sort of a, a car accident but then it turns yeah. into a sort of a, a murder investigation and that just the story sort of balloons out from there. Um, again, lots of interesting characters to, to, for the storyline to sort of weave, weave into the, I think, did you say it's four episodes, I think? Is that right? Yeah, four episodes. And it's interesting, James, because this is what I see happening in the UK a lot. You know, they like to do event drama and run things four or five nights in a row. I mean, that's what happened with the Australian drama Lie With Me on Channel 5, and it was a, a huge hit. It ran four or five nights a week, four episodes, I think it was. I think it's a really great thing to do because it turns your drama series into an event, and we know that audiences who like to binge want everything all at once. So, you know, instead of an episode dropping weekly, it's dropping nightly for four nights, uh, and being NADOC week, I think the timing is absolute perfection. Okay, so that's um, that is true colors. Um, you'll be also able to watch that on SBS on demand. So there's um, yeah. lots of good viewing there between those two series, Mystery Road on the ABC, True Colors on SBS, both from um, Bunya Productions. Now, something a little bit something very different, um, loot yeah. on Apple TV Plus. Look. I, I've got to say, I didn't think I would like this. And I thought, look, it might be okay, but it's not really for me. But before I knew it, I'd, um, I'd zapped through two episodes and was sort of looking forward to watching some more. It's really silly, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and if you're going to do something silly, you might as well make it big budget and about a billionaire's widow played by Maya Rudolph who gets, you know, a multi-billion dollar uh, package as a divorce settlement and then just goes off partying with, you know, <laughs> her gay assistant, but then realises, oh, hang on, maybe I should be doing something better with my time. And she ends up discovering that there's actually a charity with her name. So she decides, oh, I'll plunk myself down here and, you know, work for a charity. And, of course, it all goes 
horribly wrong. I mean, this to me feels like a show. Maya Rudolph, such a kind of legend, comedian and American. It feels to me with the cast that she's uh, assembling for this, that she's really uh, taking some of the hottest uh, comedians around at the moment. Um, like for me to see, uh, well, who's the guy? I always have trouble with his name. Joel Kim Booster as her gay assistant. This is the guy <laughs> who uh, did um, Fire Island that I talked about recently yep. on Disney+. Plus. And you've also got Nat Faxon in there and Adam Scott has a cameo. And I nearly fell off my chair with excitement <laughs> when I saw Michaela J. Rodriguez because she was in Pose and she's the first trans actress to ever be nominated for a Best Actress in the Emmys. And she was so fantastic in Pose. And I'm so happy to see her uh, getting a new role as the woman this runs this charity and is having to pull Maya Rudolph into line all the time and saying, listen, what you're doing is completely inappropriate for a charity. It's very funny. Yeah, she is great, isn't she? She's the one, in a way, she's key to this whole series, you know. She she stops it from being a complete farce and yeah. sort of keeps pulling that storyline back to some sort of reality, which which makes it work, you know. I think it, it treads that line bit between the two worlds. Um, yeah. Yeah, you, you mentioned that. The, the, the cast do a great job. It's great to see, is it uh, Adam Scott, who plays um, Maya Rudolph's husband it, it, yeah. at the very start of the series, who who has an affair which causes them to to split up. Um, he disappears out of the show, but um, recently he was in that series Severance, I think, for Apple TV Plus, and and yes. probably best known perhaps as a husband in Big Little Lies. Well, you know, Rove McManus told us that we had to keep watching Severance <laughs> at the end, and a lot of people. Uh, have already named it as their favourite show of 2022, and it is on my list. I will get round to that one day. I did get time to watch two more episodes, but, yeah, it's still there on my list waiting to be completed. Yeah. Now, I think um, these episodes are dropping one a week with um, Apple TV. We're up to about episode episode four, I think, drops shortly after we... um, we sort of finish this podcast. Yeah, cool. Yeah, okay. Um, and something else quite different, uh, something I've been watching this week is Becoming Elizabeth. It's a uh, sort of a historical drama on Stan. Again, I think these are dropping weekly. There's eight episodes um, that we're into it a fair way now. It's um, set in England in... Um, Starts the action starts in January 1547, um, shortly after the death of Henry VIII. I think yeah. one one of his uh, surviving wives. I think a few of them met um, um, sudden um, sudden. Um, they finished their lives unexpectedly. Um, they didn't die of natural causes, and um, oh. the, th- the three children that are left after his death, and uh, the story um, involves from there. It, to, to me, it felt, I mean, it's it's an English drama, but it felt a little bit European, I'm guessing, you know? because some of the cast um, aren't, aren't English. But it, it's still, it's, I still really enjoy those first couple of episodes. Um, Elizabeth Tudor is the, um, 
Becoming Elizabeth, uh, played by uh, Alicia von Rittberg, I think, who's a German actress I don't know much about, but she does a, a pretty good um, job in that title role. Look, ever since I was a little boy, I've been watching TV series and movies about Henry VIII and Elizabeth I. There was a series, Henry VIII and His Six Wives, with Australian actor Keith Michelle, and it was a six-part BBC series, and each episode was about one of his wives, and his second wife is Anne Boleyn. And, yes, he had her head cut off, and her daughter was Elizabeth I, who ended up taking over the throne and, of course, being, you know, quite fantastic in that role, which is why we've had so many series about them. But, you know, I've seen so many of these series, and after that Keith Michelle series, there was another BBC drama, all sort of filmed in the studio, no location or anything like that, and it starred Glenda Jackson as Elizabeth I. And then they made big screen movies of them and they made Mary Queen of Scots and uh, Vanessa Redgrave played the title role and Glenda Jackson came into it playing Queen Elizabeth I there. So, you know, I have watched multiple dramas about Henry VIII, Anne Boleyn and Elizabeth ever since, and I actually don't know if I can do this. It'd be really interesting, though, James, to ask uh, Jane Caro what she thinks about this series because she's written a couple of novels uh, based on the life of Elizabeth I, and it'd be interesting to have to, uh, to see what she thinks about this because I would imagine there's, if you're making a show like this about a female monarch today, that there's is there kind of a modern feminist spin on this? Do you think? Um, yeah, there could be. There could be. That, that's interesting. We might have to reach out for some feedback from her. The um, yeah, because yeah. the the surviving wife who was the queen when Henry VIII died, I think, was Catherine Parr. Correct. And she's played in this by Jessica Rain, who's probably one of the few people I'm overly familiar with in this. She was um, she starred in I think the first three seasons of Call the Midwife. Oh, um, yeah. So that's that's where I know her from. Um, now, the series was created by Anya Reese or Rice, and it's a pretty big jump up from her. I think previously she, her best known for her work on EastEnders, where she uh, was a writer on a, close to 30 episodes, and she also worked on another, I think, um, UK sitcom, Ackley Bridge. Yep. Yeah. So so it's um, she, she's, she's done very well getting this one away. Yeah, God love those soap writers, James. I saw, I saw uh, Michael Idato wrote about uh, The End of Neighbours this week and I th I'm pretty sure it was in his article in the Sydney Morning Herald where he quoted Rick Mayer naming all of the writers and directors that were alumni of Neighbours and he talked then about how, you know, soap is such a wonderful training ground for writers, directors as well as actors and, yeah, look, look at what we get uh after they they learn their crafts at a soap opera. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, look, um, we we talk about, we like to have a spot called, uh, what do we call it? I'm not sure if we have a proper name for it. That's sort of retro TV. It's Mikado on TV, if you like. Now, you want to talk about uh, an old show that, that I thought was already in the works for coming back, but now it's, it's definitely going to be um, returning to the screen? Yeah, breaking news, a 
Who's the Boss reboot is now officially in development at Amazon. Of course, Tony Danza and Alyssa Milano, who starred in the original, they've been talking about doing this for a long time. But as of today, it's officially in development. So I'd say we're probably going to get it. Uh, Alyssa Milano will play a single mother. Tony Danza will still play her dad. Of course, Catherine Helmond, who was in the original, she was... uh, the Mona, the kind of the the sexy (laughs) mother in it. Um, But the really sad thing about this Who's the Boss reboot is that Judith Light and Danny Pintaro, who played, uh, who were in it, they have both said that they're not coming back for the reboot. And, you know, Judith Light is very, very busy, James. I mean, there's barely a drama from Ryan Murphy that she doesn't star in. She's one of his sort of regulars. Um, and I remember at the time when Judith Light starred in Who's the Boss, she had come off an incredibly successful soap opera career in the US where she had played a character in One Life to Live and she had won multiple daytime Emmys uh, for drama. Um, And the fact that she then started doing this sitcom was a real change of pace for her, but it was hugely successful. And can you believe, James, I went looking to see if anyone in Australia is streaming this show and no one who's the boss cannot be watched anywhere in Australia. And when you think about what a huge show it was, I mean, remember back in the 80s, it was a staple on Channel 9. They would 7.30, 8pm, uh, Who's the Boss would always be there coupled with another US sitcom. Back in the days when we only had five channels and uh, US sitcoms were everywhere. But Who's the Boss back in the day was a huge, huge show. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's one to watch out for. Um, for me, that's sort of all I've caught up with this week. There's a few things I'd out there I'd like to see. I'm interested in this, The Undeclared War, which is coming on Stan. Um, it's sort of a bit of a, a, a British spy thriller, if you like. Um, that looks pretty interesting. So I'll be uh, watching out for that. If I can squeeze that in um, next week, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. And also on Stan is this um, Aussie movie called Nude Tuesday, which oh, I'm so know. excited about it. Oh, I'm so bit, excited. <laughs> it looks a bit out there for me. But, um, I oh, think it's we'll, going to be out there. I can't <laughs> wait. Well, that'll be on the uh, menu for for next week. And before we go, we should ask you about it's NADOC week next week. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the things that will be happening. Some of the other stuff that will be going on next week, on Saturday night on NITV, it will be the NADOC Awards. Uh, then Monday to Friday, 7.30 a.m. on NITV, Big Mob Brekkie is back for its fourth season. So this is an Indigenous breakfast show. And they've got a, some new presenters this year, uh, news presenter Tanisha Stanton and actor Luke Carroll, who's a great guy. So I'm really excited to see that. Um, there's also going to be a series starting Thursday night on NITV called Off Country, which is a new reality series about seven Indigenous students going to boarding school at Geelong Grammar. And the series is from their point of view. And of course, education opportunities is such a, a fantastic opportunity for uh, Indigenous kids. So that looks great. And the ABC are also throwing a few entries in for NADOC week. They're going to schedule an episode of 
the ABC of on Tuesday with Yvonne Goolagong-Corley. And they've also got a special on Tuesday night straight afterwards called Looking Black. What a great title. It's actually going to be looking back at the history of Indigenous storytelling at the ABC, which will go back and and look at the first ever uh, kind of current affairs, newsy type magazine shows that their first ever Indigenous unit did. And then, of course, how everything changed in 2012 with Redfern Now and Black Comedy off this incredible wave of Indigenous drama and comedy that we see to this day. So that's the highlight for me, Looking Black Tuesday on ABC. But, you know, it's a, a lot of great stuff on TV next week. Well done. Happy NADOC week to everyone. Yeah, no, some good stuff to um, to, to look up there. I'm just thinking aloud here too. I just wondered if some of that uh, NITV stuff could be incorporated a little bit more into the mainstream SBS schedule um, because it's, I think for a lot of viewers it's, it's harder to find when it's on that multi-channel. Yeah. I think a lot of viewers, I mean, it's something to do with your time too. You Do you have time to investigate all the multi-channels all the time? If it's it's a bit more uppermost in your mind, if it's on that, um, if it's on one of those five primary channels. Yeah, that's why I think it's great that True Colours is being simulcast on both SBS and NITV. And you will see repeats of big mob brekkie uh, on SBS uh, later in the night and on SBS On Demand. So, yeah, they're, they're giving a slot to it. But if you want to watch it live, it's a breakfast show, 7.30 every morning, and it's for one week only next week. So give them a go. Yeah, yeah, and it's good, I guess, to get people try and get them into the habit. Look, go to um, NITV more often and investigate the, um, the, the offerings they have. Look, Andrew, uh, always great to uh, catch up with you. You can read Andrew every week in Media Week on Fridays, the um, Mercado on TV column. Uh, it's in our daily morning report email, which you can subscribe to free from a, you just click on our homepage and punch in your email. It's also up on our website. Fridays are the days that our podcast goes live. Uh, we'd like you to follow uh, that as well or subscribe depending on the button on your favourite uh, podcast platform and you'll get a notification every time that there's a new episode available. So that's weekly now with bonus episodes as well thrown in every week. Um, Andrew, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, James. Have a great week.